0: Hello friends and family and welcome back to another episode of the Back Pain Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined yet again by Adam Dobson um, and Rebecca Parr on tonight's episode. Rebecca has joined us this evening to tell us all about her journey with back pain over the last few years. And as part of this journey, she's met Adam, who regular listeners of the show will know very well, as this is his, I think, fifth or sixth appearance on the show um, over the last 120 odd episodes. So we thought we'd chat to them both tonight to get the full story. Rebecca, welcome to the show. And Adam, welcome back. What I'm going to do is hand over to Adam um, to tell us a little bit more about why you felt Rebecca would be a fantastic guest to join us.
1: Oh, uh, hello, everyone. Uh, Adam again. Uh, Thanks for having me on, Rob. This will be my fifth and it is my fifth uh, time on the show uh, as a supporting guest, but it still counts. Um, So, yes, I I run uh, a residential rehabilitation programme for people uh, suffering with persistent back pain. Um, And uh, I gladly met Rebecca as as a patient on that programme uh she's got a brilliant story to tell uh she's very articulate she's had some uh ups and downs and and lots to kind of share with patients and uh she's just a good friend I would, I would imagine at this point we we've uh, she comes and speaks on the program uh to to current patients who are going on their kind of very early part of the journey and, and, uh, and I've tried to convince Rebecca, uh, quite a few times to come and chat, uh, and share her story with the rest of the world. Um, (laughs) and up to this point, she's, she's declined. So, (laughs) so this must be like our 10th, 10th go of trying or something, Rebecca. Well, I'm honored that you would, that you would say yes to us. So thank you. Um, so, yeah, we met recently and she came in uh, Winnebago <laughs> <laughs> uh, to speak. Uh, and it was just a good time to to maybe revisit uh, Rebecca uh, speaking uh, to people who have been in similar spots and, and with a lot of transferable information and nuggets of support and hope for the future. So, yeah, so... Um, uh, I thought it would be a good idea to have Rebecca on, uh, and tell her story. Um, and, uh, so that, that was my reasoning behind uh, Rebecca being here today, Rob.
0: Fantastic. So Rebecca, if I kind of hand over to you, I would like, you know, to hear your back pain story and I'll leave it with no clues apart from that. So I'd like to hear from your words, your, your back pain story over the last few years.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. Well, it obviously makes sense for me to start from the beginning, um, I would say looking back I've always had niggles as I used to call them and they were exacerbated mainly by gardening or in the olden days I call it log- lugging around a large heavy laptop bag I used to fly a lot for my job so I was always lugging that from meeting to meeting and I used to blame it on those sorts of issues dashing around um, and just really got on with things but 10 years ago now um it it started to get noticeably worse and um I thought again I was thinking is this more to do because I'm doing more gardening um but it was becoming more painful more frequently so I decided to and I, I don't really like going to the GP but I decided okay maybe it's time for me to take a visit to my GP so along I popped Julie and was told to bend over touch my toes bend to the side one way bend this way that way lay down stand up what have you and was told that nothing appeared to be wrong um so i was a little sad about this because I said, well obviously i am in some sort of pain and the words that's still in my head are well i suppose i could prescribe you some paracetamol so off i left feeling i feel feeling that hadn't been believed, that hadn't been taken seriously, um, and that I was making it out, questioning it. So, fair enough, that's the GP had spoken, and that was that Lit- literally, I don't know, maybe four weeks later, in May 2013, actually, um, I was sitting at the breakfast table, eating my breakfast, all normal, and I had a terrific amount of pain in my back and down one of my let my left leg. And I don't really remember a great deal else, only that my husband picked me up off the floor. So I'd clearly fainted with the pain. Um sort of struggled upstairs. It was all a bit embarrassing because my parents were staying. I didn't want them to worry, but I've left with a, a left leg that was numb and a lift some weird, strange sensational movements in my toes. Um particularly my big toe. So as I say, I was sort of playing it down a bit, but clearly there was something going on. And as I say, I didn't want to worry my parents. Julie, uh, the next week I went back to my GP and it happened to be a locum and she, to be fair, she was extremely helpful. She was extremely interested. I think that was the main thing. She actually listened and believed. Um, And I, after my previous experience where I'd felt disbelieved it, it was refreshing so she sent me for what I saw to be the ultimate an MRI um, and in the meantime I was prescribed tramadol for the pain and that was the beginning of my opioid journey, which obviously continued the scan revealed an alleged and I quote significant bulge um, and I was scared to be fair and in that meeting where I'd gone to receive my results, I honestly thought they were going to say to me, do five star jumps a day, everything's going to be fine. Just keep going. But they didn't and they ummed and aahed and it was a frightening experience because the guy who was explaining this had to go and get his boss and they decided there and then that I had to sign the forms to be taken in to, to have um, surgery. I had actually got a holiday booked to Vietnam um to see my daughter so it was oh, no. very up, very upsetting that uh, it all sort of to fall into place so so much so that I'd actually he said he couldn't tell me not to go but he would not advise me going somewhere where they couldn't perform this operation so I actually offered for him to come with us but he <laughs> declined that offer um, so <laughs> obviously post the holidays cancelled I went in for surgery and had discectomy L5S1 and that was going to be my route to back to normal. Um, so surgery, I was told went well, recovery was as normal and I should be back to normal in six weeks time. Um, unfortunately, six weeks came and went, Seven, eight, nine, ten 10 weeks came and went and I was still suffering with quite a lot of pain. So um, I was back to my GP and i was prescribed amitriptyline and codeine and i admit probably i was no longer in pain but i had absolutely no quality of life i was i just wasn't the person i all i had been and it was very very unfair and all my family i got at the time two boys living at home and mum was laid on the sofa watching daytime tv when usually mum was flipping around the garden or running from here to there and everywhere. Um, but yeah, okay, I wasn't in pain, but I had no real quality. I wasn't mum, I wasn't me. So I threw a secure, secure to, come on, Adam, help me out. What's the word I'm trying to find? A roundabout route. I went back to the private the hospital, and I was told that, yeah, okay, well, in a certain number of cases, this operation doesn't work. So that was a bombshell for me. And I was extremely upset to be to think that recovery wasn't actually going to happen. So I asked for a solution and I was told, well, what we could do was now give you some gabapentin. That will help alongside the other medication that you're on. Uh, yeah, so I decided that it was time for me to try and do something about this myself. And um, I decided to go to physiotherapy and I found somebody who was recommended by friends, family, that I had quite a journey to go to. It was quite expensive, but I was in a fortunate position that we could at the time afford that. And I trotted off to a beautiful spa, an hour's journey away from here every week and was seen by a wonderful lady. And I relied on that for a number of months. But I found that the relief was only whilst I was there. By the time I'd travelled an hour home, I was back exactly where I was in the first place. So I decided to change my physiotherapist. And I also, against probably professional advice, I didn't actually take any professional advice because at this time I didn't know where to turn. I took myself off of all the medication, um, which was... an awful experience. However, after a certain amount of time, it did mean that I gained some form of resemblance of me as myself. Um, so it had a positive effect. And I was just taking pain relief paracetamol over the OTC stuff rather than the prescribed medication. I have to say I felt scared not having it with me and I always travelled with it. I was struggling to drive. So the hour's journey, I will say, was split into three different parts for me. So I had certain places along the way where I'd pull over, get out, stretch. I always carried my medication with me. I always carried some form of heat pad or cold pad with me. It was like travelling with a child. I used to have a bag of everything. And I was nervous to travel without any of that. so I, I went to see another physiotherapist, again, very good. But how many times can you be told, oh, the reason is you've just got one leg longer than the other. So what we'll do is we'll pop a heel razor into your shoe and everything will be solved ironically i've actually now been told that i've had heel raises in both my left and my right at different occasions so quite which one one was wrong i i have no idea in fact i forgot i don't know where to put them anymore well i don't wear them anymore um i've also been told i've got oh did you has anyone ever told you you've got scoliosis now again you sort of stand there and think oh this is enough what else is wrong with me i've had the surgery i've got the leg raises in my left or my right or whatever whoever you are they're just extremely unhelpful remarks that really got me nowhere apart from me coming away and maybe having a few tears in the car on the way home thinking what else is wrong with me um
1: so Rebecca
2: Rebecca can I quickly ask um yeah
1: yeah. you said earlier that you had the operation um and then you were reliant on medications so so were you, feel, were you still suffering with symptoms to the point that you were needing the medications and still seeking advice? Were you still suffering from symptoms during that period?
2: That's a good question. I think you get to the stage where you don't actually know why you're taking them. And obviously, the medication is masking some of the symptoms. The medication is also presenting further symptoms. <laughs> And trying to draw the line as to where the symptoms are coming from, you particularly I found with the amitriptyline, I was in a complete fog. I had no idea what I contribute to what I had before, what I'd gained due to the medication, or what because of these other comments that were given to me. Maybe I had something else wrong with me. So I I can't give a dif- definitive answer, but I would say that it became very, very all very blurred. And coming off of the medication. I don't think I felt any worse in terms of the symptoms, but I felt better because no side effects. So I was then given my results by another consultant and I said, well, what now? What, What can I do? She'd heard something about a course that was running, but didn't have any details there. And then she scuttled off to try and find some literature, came back with nothing and Just said, Oh, maybe if you try and Google it, you might find something. But do you want me to refer you? I said, like, Absolutely, I wouldn't care what it was. Yes, definitely. I was so desperate, but I came away feeling, wow, there could be something. And This is the first time in a few years now, um, that I've been able to get something positive out of one of these meetings. So I was referred onto the I did I didn't realise what it was called at the time, back to health course.
0: So obviously, I think this is when you kind of, you know, your your journey with Adam kind of cross-sectioned, I guess, with him kind of being part of that course. So what I'd love to do before we kind of talk about your experience with the Back to Health, what I was going to do is hand over to Adam to kind of summarise a little bit about what you said, and then kind of start explaining a bit about what the Back to Health programme is. And then we can then go back to your kind of, you know, what you discovered from the programme, what on, how, how it helped you. Uh,
1: thank you for that, Rebecca. I mean, it- very articulate, but, but uh, and I've heard your story uh, numerous times and know you well, so I feel able to paraphrase a little bit. So, it, it, I, I think from what you're saying there, there certainly was uh, initially a, a kind of a very valid reason to have a medical workup. So, you're suffering with sciatica, uh, leg back related leg pain, the discectomy is clearly. A reason uh, for some people, uh, an appropriate procedure, uh, considering uh, or an option at least for that kind of problem. Um, following that, the, the kind of follow up from wasn't particularly great. Uh, you continued with medicines to to try and manage. I suppose the aftercare side of it, Rebecca, in terms of like the advice that you got after the surgery uh the 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 kind of where do we go with medicines um and how how do i behave about my back moving forward and is is it normal to still have pain uh that kind of so the kind of the the kind of following procedure maybe could have been managed better um like you said you you, you can go to various physiotherapists and be told many different things so the, there's a case of the more clinicians you see, uh, the, the more we're told about our body and it's often around structure. Your leg is not long enough and uh, now your right leg's too long and uh, and you've got a scoliosis. But these become a bit of a shopping list of uh, things that are given to patients without kind of any real idea of what it re- really means in terms of managing the problem. Um, And it's very kind of structuralist. So you've kind of come from a genuine structural uh, problem to uh, all of this kind of messy, kind of non-helpful speak uh, kind of at the back end of your recovery. So it would have been nice if we'd met earlier, I I guess, Rebecca. It
2: would, Yes. (laughs) I agree.
1: I agree. <laughs> um, and it, that's a, a very common story, isn't it? Uh, At Maybe following surgery, but maybe just following a really kind of rough episode of sciatica. And even if it has resolved, it can leave a lot of kind of worry and uh, and kind of harkering back to that event and, and kind of pain memories. And, and we see that in the clinic. So, um, so yeah, Rebecca, if you want to carry on uh, to our kind of uh, our meeting, and then we'll we'll go from there.
2: (laughs) Excellent, thanks for that, Adam. Yes, our meeting. Well, I I trotted along, Julie, to a hotel which I felt extremely nervous about doing, and I was prescribed the Back to Health course, which is a three-week residential course away from the family, away from everything familiar, um, in a hotel an hour and a bit away from where I live um, to meet up with a guy, Adam, who I'd never met to find that most people on the course had actually met you and actually had been referred to the course by you. And I, I, knew, not, I knew nothing. But as I say, I was in a place where I knew I needed help and I would have tried anything. And Adam happened to come along as a knight in shining armour. <laughs> so I put yeah. myself in met with a group of other people in similar situations and the course began and it was in its infancy i think it's fair to say adam that it was mm. in its infancy when i first came along so um it was interesting it wasn't as structured as the course is probably now um and we sat down to various sessions with various professionals led by adam and we were guided through Very cleverly looking back, very, very cleverly guided through how we felt, why we felt, what our bodies were doing and were given a safe environment. I felt that's the big word I would say about the whole thing is I felt safe knowing that I was being asked to do in some instances exercises that I would never have dreamt of before because I deemed them to cause me pain and I was programmed to believe that that pain was dangerous and therefore I should stop. So alongside a lot of presentations, we also had um, gym sessions, which I do always still laugh about. I've never, ever been to the gym before and I was the child going, I don't want to do this. No, I don't have any gym clothes And I have to say, by the end of the three weeks, I was the one out of the group saying, is anyone going to the gym this morning? Because I'm going in before we swim. Um, So, yeah, I was pushed out of my comfort zone in many, many different ways because I'd lost a heck of a lot of confidence um, in myself, even confidence in knowing how I felt because I was questioning that. Um, But to be in an environment where I was amongst people who understood who weren't scared to share their experiences because we were all thrown together in the same forum with the same similar stories and nothing was held back. It, it, it was enlightening in many, many different ways, not just from about it restores your faith in human nature, to be honest with you, that there were people there willing to listen and give up their time. And even amongst the participants of the course, there's, there's friends there that, understood um it was quite amazing really and I can't put my finger on one thing that helped the whole course is important every aspect of it is important including the fact that you are away from the norm and the fact that I felt like I was leaving my caring family behind who had always looked after me and made me feel safe so it was important to feel safe in this new environment yeah. for three weeks under the guidance of Adam. Wow. um
0: so adam restores your faith in humanity that's an advert for the uh, for the um, for the course <laughs> if anything there Adam, Abs- isn't it
2: absolutely and without being too drastic and he has heard me say this before pretty much everyone on that course was in a dark place at one point along this i hate to call it a journey i have yet to find another word to use but everybody's experience Found them in a dark place, and I definitely know another guy who will share this sentiment with me. If it wasn't for the course, if it wasn't for the guidance that I got from Adam, I I don't know where I'd be now. And that's hand on heart because he he led us through um, those grotty times and showed us where we can be today. Which is hey, I'm here, um, and I know the other guys as well, bending around like no one's business. There we go. Adam, wow, hasn't paid, a, Adam hasn't that's paid.
0: Adam that. that's, that's amazing. That's a that's a, a really <laughs> oh, incredible story, you. Rebecca. And thank you so much for, for sharing that. I appreciate it. it's not always easy to to have these discussions. So thank you. I know a lot of people benefit from that. What I would like to know was it again, might be very hard to answer, but kind of what your beliefs were about your back going into the course and then what your beliefs were about it afterwards. So, you know, going into it, you've been told all these kind of structural problems, your left leg longer, your right leg's longer, your scoliosis, your core stability, your bone out of place, whatever, you know, all the myriad of things that people have told you. Did you still kind of hang on to those at the beginning of the course or had you kind of mentally thrown them out and went in open-minded or did, you, did it completely flip everything on its head and you came out with a whole new set of beliefs?
2: Yeah, very good question. I went in still believing all of that. I had no reason not to because I've been told all of those things. I've been labelled by all these people that were professionals in my in, in my opinion. I had no reason to question it. So therefore, I went to the course feeling fragile, um, worried to bend, worried to even move to a hotel where the bed was going to be different because, oh, no, what if, you know, catastrophizing everything because – i i felt like whatever happened so it, it would be disastrous something was going to happen and um, obviously on doing the course i learned to push all those labels to one side and i ignore everything now that anyone tells me <laughs> so i'm oh, so, so yeah. glad to hear that <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's very, very difficult in a public situation where you overhear someone else saying, Oh, I've got a bad back, or and I've been
0: told yeah. to
2: rest. Don't rest, I want to say. Don't
0: Tell me about <laughs> it. I know this is what Adam and I probably bite, bite our lips, you know, as you're walking around thinking, Oh, why have they, why someone said that? You have to learn to kind of hold your tongue a bit. I'm sure, sometimes.
2: I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Adam do you find that there is a lot of resistance the most people coming onto the course like that do you find that they have a similar kind of belief set there's a lot of they come with a shopping list of kind of structural problems which they you know offload to you imagine quite quickly when you're saying here's an exercise yeah. here's a thing and you say oh you know uh, <laughs> we're going to flip this on his head straight away
1: yeah so uh, approaching the program uh we try and share literature we, we, you know kind of go through what it is um kind an intellectual level um we have a video that we share we kind of talk through the nature of the program the kind of philosophy of the program but it's certainly true that on the induction uh most people are really nervous uh most people like a uh, uh, you know Chronic pain is very uh, kind of um, isolating, um, and many people are kind of maybe being in a group with ten other people that like might sound like the worst idea possible uh, for people who are suffering with chronic pain or maybe suffering equally with their mental health. So the idea of meeting as a group is a lot of apprehension, and that that is you know there's the saying, you've got to be. Comfortable being uncomfortable, at, at least in the in the kind of early stages. And yeah, people are very skeptical. Um, and there, there's certainly a degree of um, how are these things going to, uh, you know, improve my disbald? How like uh, this is a structural problem. And certainly in the first couple of days, um, there, there there will be many accounts of. Uh, the shopping list of problems that people have been told about their bodies w- will come out um and it's and it's and that's it's understandable that people see their bodies in that way and i think also with certain instances like with uh, with ridiculous pain with with sciatica the, there will be some cases well it's perfectly reasonable to consider the the structure element of someone's problem so you all of that is in the mix isn't it and everyone's got people who they've got their opinions so yeah people are very skeptical and it's very kind of structuralist uh belief system which because our society is a structuralist belief system in all cases so it's obvious that people are going to come
0: uh, and have those views i think you made a really important point there as well is There's no blame to be assigned here. You know, we're the health professionals. You know, Adam and myself are the healthcare professionals. We're the people who, you know, should shoulder the blame for this. You know, patients who have, who might be listening to this, who have, you know, these beliefs that might be a leg length discrepancy or a core stability issue, whatever it might be, it is never your fault that you are thinking this way. You've been told this by a professional. You know, as Rebecca said, who are you to question otherwise? You know, if you're being told something by a professional, you know, if your plumbers come and said that there's a problem with your boiler, you believe them because they are the experts in this area, you know, we're we're the same. So never ever have this kind of self blame. And we get emails all the time from patients who are like, I can't believe that no one's told me this over the years. I feel like an idiot and things like that. And there's no blame to be had at all from a patient. So, you know, I think that's an important point to, to, to to note before we, uh, before we kind of move on. For sure. So, Adam, then this course, how did you come up with this yourself or is it something which you and your team have created kind of over the last few years?
1: No, so, so I, I interviewed for this job. Um, so it's, I have a dual role, so I I work in a triage clinic. So I kind of recruit people into, into the back to health program. Um, so, uh, I work part-time in triage. And then I'm the co-lead of of, of the, the the Back to Health program. So it was up and running. Someone else was running the program. A chap called Paul Green was running an earlier kind of inception of the program. I think it's been going about eight years now, uh, maybe longer. Every year I keep saying eight years. So I'm I'm not sure if it's even longer. But yeah, it was running in a, an earlier iteration. And then myself and a chap called Ronan Walsh, uh, uh, took over the program, um, and it's kind of evolved, uh, and and kind of we've learned a lot from doing the program. We've took a lot of patient feedback, um, a lot of kind of evolution of the sessions. Some sessions have moved out, some sessions have moved in. We've had lots of new guest speakers. It's very much we have a lot of like Rebecca, a lot of previous patients. Now contribute to the program, so it's like a family. It's like a family, Rebecca.
2: Oh, it's uh, is it, Adam. It is Adam. Uh, it is Adam
0: yeah <laughs> that's amazing and i guess then how can if someone's listening to us i get i guess this might be kind of area specific but how can someone enroll on this course you know it's i mean it sounds incredible it sounds what everyone with long-term or persistent pain really needs to do we need to have that model where people yeah, can yeah. have three weeks worth of education around pain not it's not always possible to do that yeah. um for many reasons but not, you know, not how can just people do education yeah. yeah not just education
1: so, i'll, I'll not just education, yeah. It's not a talking therapy program. Um the although there is a lot of talking Rebecca. Um
2: yeah from you.
1: The yeah from me. (laughs) Yeah just just me. Um so we we recruit patients from the triage clinic so the community clinic. They referred from the GP and then uh, and then we kind of consider their options and their suitability for, for the program. There are some basic criteria. Just to say, uh, I used to say this is the only one in the country. I think there might actually be another one. Like a, So this is a residential program. Patients stay over Monday to Thursday, uh, then go home, then come back for three consecutive weeks. Uh, so the main program is held in a hotel. It's non-medical. It's off-site. Uh, it's a multidisciplinary program. So we wrap a curriculum around it, various topics and and kind of reflection uh, time. And then we have lots of guest speakers who come in. So it's a truly multidisciplinary program. There's a psychologist. There is an RT. Uh, we have two nurses. Uh, we have a physiotherapist, which is me. And we have lots of guest speakers who pepper in to the program. We have work uh, kind of colleagues who come in we have a social prescriber who comes in so it's generally evolved from a a probably a little bit more mechanistic structural view like we had a session called motor control session and we're like we'll get rid of that um <laughs> uh and we'll just call it stretching um <laughs> which is what what we like to do don't we the uh, the orangutan we now call that and the Adam special, yeah. kind our of favourite too. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so it's 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 front ended because it's in the community, but we only have sixty places per year. So, I, I do definitely think that there should be a model that is pushed out and uh, is accessible uh, across the UK. It's not an afterthought. It should be a front ended option for people with persistent pain who want to. Take control of their lives. Who want to learn deeply, uh, take control, um, and uh, improve the pain, improve the function, uh, and get happy
0: again.
2: Yeah, well said.
0: That's oh, that sounds like Rebecca. What you experienced. So I guess the, the kind of the question that might be the best one to summarise all of this is: How are you now?
2: Oh, I am living my best life. There we oh, are. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, let's turn on, you know, it didn't happen overnight. It's a journey of from leaving that course and working out what you've learned and applying it to your life because we're all different. We all want, have different expectations of what we want and where we want to be. Um, but I'm I now, with my husband, I've set up a company, property maintenance and gardening. I'm the gardener. I absolutely love it. So I wield a hedge trimmer most days. I garden all day, every day for a living. I do dry stone walling. I drive anywhere. Don't even think about it. I don't take any of that medication. So today I've driven to Harrogate. In a few weeks' time, I'm driving to Cornwall, St Ives. So that'll be seven hours. Don't even think about it. I bend, stretch, do everything that anybody, hopefully my age, is able to do. And it's all down to the course. There's no other... Um input at all. This is since I've been on the course. um I have confidence to do more things than I've ever done before because that has spin-offs. it's like you say, you talk about your mental health, it's given me back my confidence to try things. Consequently, I'm here doing a b- podcast, so it, it's taken a while, but um I've done it. Uh, so no no regrets at all. and I no longer um believe that the pain is causing any damage.
1: Rebecca, can I ask, uh, w- what were the kind of key things that made you change? What What, what do you think the key kind of insights or uh, practical knowledge did, did you take from the programme?
2: I think it was the confidence to know that I wasn't doing any damage and building on that confidence, because one it's one thing being told it, I believed you. Now, again, you're another professional. You could have been telling me the same thing about my legs and da de, da but you didn't. And um, to know with confidence that I can try and do anything and I wouldn't do any more damage or any damage um, was, for me, the catalyst of being able to push myself. Consequently, I'm stronger now than I've ever been because I'm doing more and more every day. And, yes, I ache. anybody were doing what I'm doing but I know that now it's an ache it's not a pain and I'm not shying away from that I'll be doing exactly the same again tomorrow and the day after so I think I hope that would answer your question it's just uh, a confidence in understanding you gave everybody on the course the confidence to understand how the body is working and what it's telling you and what what is dangerous and what isn't
1: and and when when we met, you were very reluctant to, to to bend your back. You would keep it really straight, wouldn't you? In, I would, yes. the chair yes, and with, yes. with bending.
2: Yeah, I would. And um, I was frightened. I was frightened to bend it because um, it would do the same again and bulge out in all sorts of places. And then I'd be back where I started. And then I learned how the mechanics of my back, um, that isn't going to happen. So... And you encouraged me to have that flexibility. So now I I bend without even thinking. I don't know if I do it properly. You'll have to look next time and see me. But I, I don't care. It doesn't hurt. And I'm carrying on. And I can do all the things I want to do. So, um, That's yes, the most important was, thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And it, exactly, you know, it's that giving you the confidence. I love that you said that. Because I think that any therapist listening to this, be them physios, chiros, osteos, sports massage therapists, doesn't matter, GPs, surgeons, is that, You know, giving someone that green light to do something is such a powerful tool or telling someone that they are okay to go about their normal activities, activities of daily living. They don't have to wrap themselves in bubble wrap and not move because we're fragile and we're going to break, go and do something, you know, or I haven't been running since I've, you know, come to see you because I wanted to check. It was okay. And you say, Go and do it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. If it's really sore, back off a bit maybe, but yeah, go and try it, go and see how it feels. And sometimes that's enough. And then people can then help themselves, you know, once they know they've got the green light to do anything and they're not going to do anything wrong you know running on that weak core or that you know leg which is a millimeter shorter than the other isn't going to cause any long long (laughs) long-term issues um you know Usain Bolt has a very severe scoliosis
1: (laughs) what I I think though is is just kind of touching on that it's 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 one thing to say something isn't it that this is okay and there is insight and benefit from that but it's it's experiential isn't it you have to you have to do it to believe it you have to you have to kind. Of, it has to be your truth uh, in in the end. So so, a physiotherapist probably shouldn't be trying to give the hard sell. Uh, we should just be kind of like, this is what we know. Let's let's explore this and uh, and and see how we feel and and uh, and we coaching essentially. But Rebecca, I mean, you you did that work. You know the the you know your confidence to move is born out of. Of ex of uh, the experiences that you have it, um, it's uh, you know I think that's worth saying.
2: Oh, well, thank you. But again, it it you gave me that confidence. Without it, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have gone to do all that. I mean, some of them have been quite extreme and crazy. But as I say, life is for living, and I'm not going to sit here and lay on the sofa on my opioid drugs anymore. But and I think that turning point as well helped. And again probably says more about me than, um, anything uh, that I was determined. Got to so it was a,
1: sw- a switching point really, wasn't it? It was, yeah. uh, providing yeah. you a switch, uh,
0: yeah. of, of direction.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Fantastic. I think Adam, that's a, a pretty good advert for what you do really. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, what you yeah. strive <laughs> to, you know, do so well to get this knowledge out, you know, so, Thank you for your work. And uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining on it. That kind of takes us just to just shy of the hour marks. I think I'm uh, going to uh, to begin to wrap it up by firstly, by saying thank you so much. You know, Rebecca, I appreciate these are not easy conversations to have. You know, you're the one who's uh, taking the jump to talk to us. So thank you very much. And Adam, thank you very much for, you know, firstly inviting Rebecca and then for running the course and also for joining us today.
2: Absolutely
1: welcome. A pleasure. Uh, I just wanted to say that, 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 we have a lot of time on the program um but when we have so much time with people we we can kind of build those trusts there there is more uh pe- there is more likelihood of people continuing with these new behaviors so so i think that within a busy physiotherapy clinic i think i think it, it there's nothing special about the program as such that it's just giving us time and it's giving us uh discussion with peers and 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 you build relationship that way so i think the 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 kind of setting it into itself is 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 unique but but i think uh, you know that could be
0: replicated elsewhere yeah well hopefully it will be rolled out to other places at some point you know i don't know
2: to be afforded the time by professionals was an absolute privilege Uh, and that is the way that adam got to know each and every one of us because We all had different needs. We all had different goals, and I know that there are others. Some of the course will will have just maybe remained the same, but you took the time and had the time. You had the luxury of time, which, to be fair, a consultation you don't
0: have so yeah if you think found. of the you know 150 hours or however long you had to have these conversations you know you don't have that in a 15 minute consultation most of the time so it does it takes time but you also have to want to do no. it and you have to want to listen and you have to want to make these changes you know to, to some degree um and you know you clearly took it all on board and you have to very true lived that you know to kind of get the most out of it as well which uh you know some people will and some people won't I guess guys thank you so much again for for joining us adam i'll pop a link to the show notes um about about you uh, as your twitter as as normal um in in the show notes and i'll put some information for the south cheese course as well it is south cheese isn't it just to get that right
1: that bit at the end just like coming out of nowhere it's like you're already about to say bye (laughs) now i'm going "Ah, uh, uh, uh,
0: there's this as well i'm definitely leaving i'm definitely leaving this video because it's great (laughs) ladies and gentlemen thank you so much and we will catch you all on the next episode over and out